Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C N on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive guest certificates to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Yeah, the Roos Chris in Edmonton and Calgary are owned by Albertans. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you just before we go to Louis DeBrusque. I want to get to a text here, and it is from Drew in West Kelowna. And you can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Bob, good show, but are you really calling out sportscasters who cheer against someone as having no juice like a comedian with fart jokes? All I, uh, all you ever talk about is hating Quebec politics, terrible referees, and especially your inferiority complex with the Maple Leafs. Come on, Bob, you're better than that. That comes to us from Drew in West Kelowna, who says he's not a hater, a Flames fan, or your Uncle Milt in Mundare. Well, to set the record straight, uh, Uncle Milt is out in Wetaskiwin. He is not in uh, Mundare. Quebec politics, uh, and I am not a uh, Wexit guy, just so you know, I'm Canadian, but I'm looking for a better deal. I believe uh, Jason Kenny. I know not all of you want to hear, um, believe everything that Jason Kenny said, I believe he quoted $221 billion since 1957 in equalization payments have gone to Quebec. $221 billion. Is it possible, maybe, that it's created an environment of self-entitlement? I don't know. That's for you to draw the conclusions. I would suggest most Albertans would probably share a somewhat similar view on how that one issue has gone. Uh, in terms of uh, hating Toronto, I, I picked the Maple Leafs to win the Eastern Conference this year. Um, there is some myopicness from some of the uh, Toronto-based uh, personalities out there. I know I did a Toronto show recently, and the first question they asked me is what I thought of the uh, how the Maple Leafs look since Sheldon Keefe had started coaching the team. I'm like, well, I, I, you're calling me, aren't you, to talk about the Oilers? Uh, I use the word liberated, by the way. That's how they looked under Sheldon Keefe. Uh, and what was, oh, terrible referees. There's good referees in the NHL. Wes McCauley. But I'm going to th- throw you a stat. As of Monday... It's the last time I looked this up and had some help doing so. Connor McDavid, in terms of pen- penalty differential per 60 minutes played, was 47th in the NHL. So that means penalties drawn versus penalty taken over the 60 minutes played. McDavid was 47th in the league. Uh, same category, Matthew Kachuk was 57th. I'm not sure how that's possible that Connor McDavid wouldn't be in the top 20 in the league, given the amount of times that he's busted. My theory on this is just he's so fast and so good, it's difficult for officials to be in the right position to make calls. I mean, we had that game in uh, Toronto a week ago Monday, and McDavid scored the brilliant goal, and right afterwards, Casperi uh, Kapanen reeled him in. Should have been a hooking penalty. It was uh, water skiing off of him for two and a half strides. And early in the game, uh, Martin Marincin got a hook on, on McDavid on a breakaway on a power play, the exact sort of play that Jack Eichel got a penalty shot for against the Oilers. And I know if you're an Oilers fan, but you know what? 
Uh, Drew, keep me honest at any time. There you go. We are going to go off to our Oilers Now headliner for Touchback Safety. Your safety is their goal. Discover your safety training solutions at touchbacksafety.com. One guy who keeps me honest on the road is Louis DeBrusque. Hello, Louis. How are you? Hey, Bob, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Actually, I wouldn't mind commenting on one of the things you said there about McDavid. And, you know, I, I get the luxury of calling games down at ice level quite a bit. And when you're down there, he's so fast. I agree with you. And, and the other thing about Connor is he doesn't embellish anything. So, I mean, I do believe he should draw more penalties. There's no question about it with his possession numbers, the way he attacks the zone, the way he attacks players. He doesn't go away from them. He goes into them. So he goes right into that traffic, and a lot of times those little clutches and grabs and hooks, they're hard to see, and he breaks through them. He busts through those all the time. So uh, I think that he could easily draw more penalties if he was to you know, take an acting lesson or two, but it's just not him. He doesn't want to do that. He He's, You know what? Yeah. The way he plays, the way he hustles, and you know what? I think when it really matters in real crucial, dangerous spots, he does get the calls that he needs, but uh, listen, this is a guy that doesn't go away from coverage. He goes right into it. Is it possible also, there's a saying, what's the saying? Squeaky wheel gets the oil. He yeah, does, no, for sure. He, he, does, you know what, he had that one outbreak, and he kind of showed them up when he pointed up to the clock yeah. and the penalty shot, and now we've seen goals this year that they've changed that rule. That was a big reason why. Uh, I don't think that goal should have been taken away from Conor McDavid right. in the first place, but listen, it's you know that's how the game gets better and how it gets changed, especially when stars have those interactions and when stars have that happen to them. The best player in the game has a goal taken away. It makes news, and they start to talk about it. They have discussions, and now they've changed the rules. So, but uh, but you know what? That little show up, I I would like to think that that's water under the bridge. You know, I'm like, listen, the guy gets. You know, harassed out there a lot. I'm going the he's other way. He's continually getting cross-checked. He's continually getting hooked and grabbed, especially in the neutral zone to try and slow down his speed. But uh, i got to give him credit. He's battled through it pretty well. He hasn't complained nearly nearly as much as other people that have come up and, and done the same thing. Well, and that's where I'm going here. When I say squeak, I, I'm saying he should complain more. Because I think we yeah, have no, an, I know I what th- you're saying. I think we have an errant generation of people that react to people that bitch and whine. I'm well, serious. I'll tell you what. I'll, well, listen, a prime example last game. There was a, there was a play where Yamamoto was coming up to the neutral zone, and it was Benino, I believe. I think it was Benino or Grinnell. I can't remember the player now. It's, it, but it kind of interfered with him in the neutral zone, and we thought it should be a penalty. You know, I thought for sure that should have been an interference penalty. They He prevented him from moving forward on the play. There was no penalty in the call. Yamamoto went over and had a little discussion with the officials. Now, this is a young guy. This is, you know, and he just kind of was like, hey, you know, like probably saying I – was that not a penalty, or am I kind of thinking, you know, maybe just asking a question, but it planted a seed. The next play that he's on the ice, he makes a move out of the corner, he gets can opener, and he draws a penalty. So there is there is ways you can, if, if you treat the referees with respect, more often than not, they're going to treat you with respect too. What it does, though, is it brings an awareness. So if you're having that conversation with an official on a regular basis, they're going to be aware of the situation. Sometimes they're so caught up in different areas of the game. And trust me, again, I'm not sticking up for referees. I'm just saying that down at ice level, where yeah. I am, I miss a lot of stuff. I do. I'll rightfully admit that. It's exciting, but things happen that you just can't possibly see because your focus is somewhere else on the ice. So things do get missed. But if you say, hey, they're really bugging me tonight. Like, they're, are they allowed to grab onto me like that? I mean, I'm, I'm fast and I'm trying to get away. 
Next thing you know, he keeps an eye on you for a second and he catches a penalty. I mean, listen, yeah. it's all part of the game. It's all part of the gamesmanship. I'm not saying they're going to favorite people and call penalties on people because of their reputation. I would like to think they don't do that, but we all know that it's a, it's a heated battle out there, and sometimes it gets heated with the officials and players too. Look, we both love Wayne Gretzky. He's a great guy. He treats everybody like gold. He worked the refs. And, you know, absolutely. Sidney Crosby, when he came in, he worked the refs. Connor well, you know, he, it, Con- it actually worked do negative it. for him. It worked negative for Crosby initially Think because so? he, was, he was looked at as a whiner. Well, I mean, eventually over time, because he was just such a great player, that he started to gain the respect. Yeah. And I do believe that Connor is starting to get into well, that echelon he ha- where th- he's, you know, he, I think he's respected now. I think people know that when he gets hooked, if, it's a, if he makes a jolt, it was a hook. He's not. He's not, you know, trying to show up an official and say, "Hey, I'm trying to get a two-minute call here." He doesn't care. He'd rather break through and get the chance. Like that's the great thing about Connor is that he's so determined to get to a spot. He'll go through sticks, gloves, you know, interference. It doesn't matter to him. He'll break through all those checks to try and get to that position to make that shot. Whereas other guys get caught up in the interference. He truly doesn't care. I mean, you know, every once in a while, you'll see him give that little look back where he's like, "Are you kidding me? Like I just went through." a gauntlet there to get to the net and not one column of all of that. But I got to admit, he's, he's handled it pretty well considering how much of that he goes through. Yeah. I, I think he might have too much class for his own good. I'm seriously, but I don't, I want to move, move off that. Um, Cause I do think the squeaky wheel today gets the oil. That's how society works. You know what we're going to talk about next? The whole Kachuk casting thing, by the way, Louis last, you were, uh, were you at Rogers place? You and Gene last night. And another, the I was the I was most, actually with the alumni. Though. I was with um, I was with Fernando. Gene was in up in Sportsnet booth, so he was holding the fort up there, and I was down on the Jack, fort hall with uh, Fernando Pisani. Jack and me were in Studio Ninety Nine, uh, but we were told all through the night that the player that uh, and, and full disclosure there was yeah, there there was I heard the same thing. Yeah, there was draws obviously for McDavid and Drysaddle, who were both going off to the All Star game. They're two pretty good players. They're one and two in the NHL in scoring. Zach Cassian, the lineups were mammoth for him. He's he's become a cult hero here, hasn't he? Yep, yeah, absolutely. I guess they were wrapped around the whole the whole building. You know, the lineup was really long. So that just goes to show you how much people think of Zach and what he's brought to the table and the way he plays the game. I mean, listen, this has always been a town that loves that aspect of the game. It, it really has been ever since I played. You know what? When I did my job, people loved me. When I didn't do my job, people didn't like me very much. It's just the way it is. It's just, you know, it's, it's a city that's passionate, but they like the physical aspect of the game. They're hardworking people here. They pay big money to go and watch these games. They're diehard fans and they want to see a show. They want to see guys working out there and, and, and paying the price. And, you know, Zach's one of those players that goes out there and, you know, finishes checks, plays on the edge, has a has a high end skill level now too that we're seeing. Like he's he's really developed into a, a real nice player, but he's not always nice. You know, he plays on the edge too. And this 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 last game against Calgary just I think it just catapulted the Battle of Alberta right back to where it should be. Mm-hmm. I really do. I think it's supposed to be like that. I think the people have been waiting for this. They've been waiting for a villain, so you can call Cassie the villain from Flames fans, and you can call Kachuk the villain for Edmonton fans. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It's going to be fun. Louie, when you played, if a guy that was six foot one and 200 pounds ran you twice like that in a game, would you expect that guy to square up and fight you? Well, I, I can tell you that if I got hit the way he got hit the first one, there wouldn't have had to be a second one. 
because I would have it would have been instantly I would have been looking for redemption. I thought he had a long fuse. I thought, you know what, he actually showed some restraint, to be honest with you, because the first hit is the hit that I had the most issue with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here's the thing. I know this is Oilers now. I don't want to make this about Kachuk versus Cassian. And I said this on our telecast the other night. But to me, the issue for me was more about how that hit was just kind of brushed off as not being a dangerous hit. And I just, it just, you know, it kind of didn't sit well with me. I just looked at it over and over and over again. I'm like, there's so many things I don't like about that hit. I don't mind predatory hits. I'll just get that right out there. I don't mind guys playing on the edge. And every once in a while, I don't mind guys crossing that line. I like it. That's just the way hockey's supposed to be played. You're supposed to push everything right to the limit, and sometimes you're going to go over that limit. But when the league is continually telling us that this is a bad hit, this is a bad hit, and then something like that happens, you go, okay, wait a second. Isn't that really similar to the hits that you've been saying are bad for the last 10 years? Mm -hmm. Isn't that what the Shanna hammer came in and completely tried to eliminate from the game? Like, I don't, you know, I looked at that, and that, that was the concern that I had. I love the fact that it's opened up a huge can of worms. I love the fact that it's rekindled, rekindled, it's thrown gasoline right on the fire of the Battle of Alberta, which I love. Because I just have been saying for years, it just needs a little bit of that. And if you think it wasn't by design by Matthew Kachuk, then you don't know Matthew Kachuk very well. Because he's a smart individual. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was trying to get into the skin of Cassian, and he did. And for Zach Cassian, I don't mind what he did. Even the two-game suspension, go for it. You know what? If you feel a guy's wronged you and you finally had enough, you, you took matters into your own hand. You're going to pay the punishment for that. But I have no problem with that whatsoever because that's just why the game is great. It's an emotional game. And you're never going to really be able to keep all your emotions. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So it's made it interesting, but uh, I'm looking forward to the next couple of games between those two teams. Should Matthew Kachuk have taken the fight? You know, my the old school me says yes. You know, the old school me says, you know what, if he were turned around there, grabbed onto him, and even if he would have just, you know... Eaten a couple? Eaten a couple, take him to the ice, because he's a big, strong kid, he's got good balance, you know, just, you know, use all your weight to pull a guy to the ice. Even, even just that, then, if, then we wouldn't have the big conversations, because it would have been just a couple big hits. Um, one hit that I still think was questionable, no question about it. I am not going to change my opinion on that. It doesn't matter who the hit he was, hitter was. I, I just think it's a responsibility of the hitter to understand when a guy's in a vulnerable spot. That hit could have been a lot, lot worse. Like, I looked at that hit, and I'm like, if he's three inches more to the right, I mean, he still wrapped his neck around his hip. And I'm like, I just don't understand how a guy that's already bent over, he, why he has to elevate to make that hit. That was the issue I had. But anyway... Um, that's the game now, though, Bob. And I know it's really hard to bash that old-school mentality out of our brains. And I'm the same way. I'm no different than everybody else there that thinks that 100% he should have fought. I think there's kind of a code out there that has been diminished over the years. But at the same time, um, that's the way the game's set up now. And that's kind of, if, if you're okay with that, if you're okay with, you know, people calling you a turtler or a coward or whatever, however you want to put it, how people think that he should have taken that fight and didn't. 
If you're okay with that, then continue to play that way. And there's been players like that throughout the course of, of, of the history of the game. And it takes a certain type of personality to play that way, too, because it's not easy, because you're going to have a lot of guys that are jawing at you. You know, he told us on After Hours that he's, I don't think he's played an NHL game where he hasn't been challenged to fight. So, I mean, this is what he's done since the time he stepped into the league. Uh, Listen, it's a great rivalry now. I think it's awesome. They've had a couple battles. I would say this, though, that the two times that Cassian has done it, he hasn't fought him. So my advice would be, don't try him again because he's probably not going to fight you. So I would I would go the opposite. Find it My, interesting. Personally, I would go the opposite. I would probably go and be physical against everybody else, but not against Matthew. Yeah, That's I fi- just what I would do. I find it interesting that uh, Matthew Kachuk forced Matt Dumba to honor him when Dumba blew up Michael Backlund with a hit, and he instigated that fight. And Dumba ended up getting injured in that fight, ripped a tendon, yeah, hurt himself trying right. to punch. Yeah. And yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, you know, Kachuk has always said it, too. He's like, listen, I'm not really a great fighter. He knows he's not a great fighter. He's not. I don't think he's afraid to fight, to be honest, because he has fought. Um, I think that he just knows that Cassian has a reputation. He knows that Cassian is a tough guy. <laughs> like, he's like, you know what? It's, a, it's not a good exchange for me. You know, so he values his own... Yeah, for me, when I look at the way he spoke, I look and say, okay, Matthew's a kid that says, you know what? I know I'm better on the ice than the penalty box. That's how he's thinking about it. And I really think that's the way he thinks about it. He looks at it, if it's a different exchange, if that's Nugent Hopkins that comes and grabs him, or if that's Connor McDavid, who did come to it initially and gave him a shot. By the way, he was the first guy down the scrum to give him a shot after the hit. Um, he may he's going to maybe accept that because he looks at that as a trade-off where he's like, okay, number one, it's in my advantage. Now people will say, well, listen, he's been running around, you know, with these huge hits and he's targeting a tough guy. That's the issue for me. If you are going to target a certain type of player, <laughs> then you better be ready for what's coming your way, because eventually, if you embarrass tough guys enough, bad things are going to happen to you. I'm just, I just, I'm just, I just know that over the course of history, that if you continue to do that against guys that play physical, that play on the edge, and are guys that stand up and fight, eventually they're going to just say, you know what, I'm going to take this into my own hands. And listen, for Cassian, he threw, I don't know, eight to ten punches there. He didn't really catch him with any. He caught him, grazed him with one. But if he would have caught him with one of those and broke his jaw, let's just say hypothetically, number one, I think the suspension would have been worse. Number two, now the effects of those hits really have come full circle because now he's missing time with a broken jaw. Yeah. Like it's if he breaks his jaw, up. if he breaks his jaw, I guess a 10 game suspension. I mean, look, well, listen, what I, but look. what I'm saying is that's what you're bringing upon yourself when you play that way. And that's, and trust me, I'm not just saying this to deter anybody from doing that. Kachuk knows this. He's fully aware of this. Yet, he continues to do it. So you got to kind of look at that and say, okay, you know what? If you're willing to play that way and you're willing to, to maybe have bad things happen to you because of it, you got to kind of just say, okay, that's, that takes a certain type of individual to do that too. Jamie McCowan uh, used to uh, low bridge guys. Craig Muni used to low bridge guys when he was an oiler. Uh, McCowan did it with the Flames. Mark Messi hunted him down, stalked him, and broke his face. Broke his jaw with one punch. Messier got an eight-game suspension. That'd be a twenty-game suspension today. I agree. I think I think it would be a fifteen, twenty-game suspension. Uh, like it's you know it's and that's the thing. You know that's kind of what what this whole thing is about for me is the game has changed, and 
that's why I go back to the first hit again. I know I, I don't want to make this about the, the next one and the next one and the, and the drop in the gloves and the two-game suspensions. I, I do truly understand why they, that why they suspended Zach Cassian for two games. I thought it could go either way. I thought it could be zero with a fine or it could be one or two games. I thought two it was wasn't... the absolute max. I it, thought it was the max. Yeah. You know, well, like, there's no way it was going to be. I, I thought they might make it three just so he paid the price against Calgary. Um, yeah, but again, it goes back to if you're going to protect the players, because the, the Department of Player Safety, that's their main objective, so they say, is to protect players. I don't see how they're protecting Zach Cassian on that hit. I'm okay. sorry. I just still look at that hit, and I don't understand how they're protecting Zach Cassian. Are you doing the game a week from Wednesday, or when we get back? Two weeks, I guess, yeah. you are doing that game. Louis, I'm going to make a prediction. I believe that Matthew Kachuk is going to first opportunity he has, just like if Jenny Malkin did in Winnipeg with Blake Wheeler, I believe that Matthew Kachuk's going to take a fight with Cassian. I'm serious. I believe that. Mm, I'm going to say no. Okay. Time will tell. Maybe I'm giving Matthew Kachuk more credit than he deserves. No, no, it's not, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the fact that uh, he plays the game inside the game. You're, I, I want to say, and I know Edmonton fans aren't going to like this very much, you're not giving him enough credit. He knows he, this, is, this was by design for him. So if he does choose the fight, then that will completely be by design by him too. Just so you know. So, but and if that's the case, then I'll gladly be wrong because we get to see a scrap. So that's fine with me. But I just think that he thinks a little differently than most. He knew that if he if he could get under his skin and and make those big hits, he felt that he could probably get him to do what he did in the first matchup last year, and that's drop the gloves and wail on him and maybe get a two minute penalty. He was I don't think he was expecting to happen what happened, but he certainly was expecting a retaliation, and uh, he got it. Final uh, final thing for you. You said something. I cut you off. My apologies. Louis DeBrus, NHL Hockey and Rogers. So if he continues down this path, he's given the Oilers only one ultimatum, and that's to play well, hard I'm against. I'm not saying just the Oilers. I'm not saying just the Oilers. I mean, you've heard every Zach team. Every yeah, team. Zach plays this way all the time. So it's, for him, he's, he even said that he goes, "Listen, it doesn't. I, okay. I play the same way all the time." So but, what you're suggesting I mean, is I, the I, only way. The thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up Donald Brashear. Brashear. Now, totally different circumstances, but Donald Brashear. Um, was a really tough guy. One of the toughest guys ever played the game, played a 1,000 games in that role. I have to give him a lot of respect. But what he did for a period of time was he was showing up and embarrassing tough guys. So when he beat them in a fight, he'd wipe off his hands, he'd do the big scene, go into the penalty yep. box. And, and I'm telling you right now, um, whether or not that was intentional by Marty, he claims that it wasn't intentional. He was trying to get him to fight for the fourth time in that game. So once he had fought him once and kind of worked over Marty in the fight, yep. Marty wanted, wanted another shot at it. And Brashear continually pushed away and wouldn't do it. Well, this accumulates over time, and eventually, what happened? Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I don't want to even say, I hope nobody does that. By the way, just disclaimer, I hope nobody takes a stick to anybody's head. But what I'm saying is if you continually push that edge over and over and over again, Somebody's gonna don't pay. answer the bell, Someone's gonna don't pay answer it. the bell, somebody will do something worse than eight to ten punches that don't hit you. It's going to be worse. It'll be a blindsided hit. It'll be an elbow to the chin. It'll be a cross check. It'll be something. I'm telling you, this league has a way of evening itself out. There is a balance, and it does find a way to balance itself out. So that's my only concern there is when you play that way, you're opening the door for maybe something like that to happen potentially down the road. Louis, great stuff. Thank you for your time. All right, bud. From NHL Hockey and Rogers, it's Louis DeBrusque. We will tell you uh, it's 12.56 in Edmonton. We're going to have to get to a break here. Uh, Brian Burke coming up for Canadian Power Pack at about 1.06. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell.
Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.